everyone. Welcome to another episode of Lessons Learned Podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. My name is Suzanne, and I'm the head coach at Grace Financial Coaching. I am very excited to welcome our guest today. It is my friend, Matt Wally. Hey, Matt, how are you doing? Oh, absolutely awesome. How about you? Good, good. So Matt is the founder of Wally Coaching Services, and I can't wait to hear about the dumbest thing he's ever done with money. So before we get into that, Matt, tell us a little bit about your financial coaching practice. All right. Well, I started it in March of 2020. And a fun fact about that, as soon as I completed Dave Ramsey's financial coach master training, the week after that is when the lockdown hit and we were all kind of cloistered in our own in our own world. So yeah, that was when that was when you know all of those lessons really got re- I really had to take into take a heart and so but at the same time, yeah, I've been doing this ever since March of 2020 and I reach out to Christians, churches, military folks, those are the and especially young married people kind of in my my age bracket right now or my phase of life, young married people with young kids helping them uh, be able to navigate uh, personal finance now that they've just moved on from their parents and uh, starting to navigate life on their own. Absolutely. So Matt, you told me something before we went live that I did not know about you. You were in the military. Give us a little bit of background on that. Sure. Well, it was around uh, November of uh, 2008. I was, my dad had been through the, my dad over the last, for like the last four years prior to that, had been through, I think, two different jobs. And so I was basically at that time paying my own way through college. At that point, I'd been in since 2003. And so that's when I that's when I left for the Army Reserve and was in for about nine years from November of 08 to 17. Gotcha, gotcha. What do you think, how do you think that helps you? Um, how do you think that experience in the military, possibly observing other people, not utilizing their money that well. How do you think that influenced your decision to actually go through Dave Ramsey's training and become a coach? Well, a a big thing is just, you know, seeing how financial readiness was crippling a lot of other soldiers. And, you know, especially, you know, before going on deployment, I just knew I didn't want that to necessarily be me. And just, you know, hearing all the struggles that people do have, But then also you have those other reserve soldiers that are kind of doing the dumb things with money, which I will definitely be talking to you about, you know, in a little bit. That was kind of another example to me of what I don't want to do. So that that so kind of those those three things combined was what was what got me going on this uh, journey. Yeah, I think that puts you in a very specific and advantageous position to coach differently, not necessarily just military people, right? It's because we, I I unfortunately, you know, my husband's active duty, but I unfortunately Mm -hmm. feel like the military can kind of be a microcosm of, or a more magnified example of the problems and the things that people everywhere do with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shrunken down into this little, you know, one per what is it, one percent of the country of the population is in the military or whatever, That's, something yeah, like that. Right and so it's like this this science experiment, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> well, and not just that, but I think also I think they've been getting some very bad advice, and so they start, and so not only are they young and they get this freedom for the first time, and so they feel like, oh, I've got this bonus money. Let's go. Let me go out and get a car. But it's like they're being told to do some things to like build their credit. And, you know, you got to have a credit score if you need it, if you want to get a car and then keep building it so that you can get a house. And then 
they don't un- and they don't understand how to handle or manage all those different things. And that's right. and that's what leads to trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now tell us about you thought for a period of time you were going to become a chaplain. So tell us about your involvement in your church. Well, uh, I was born and raised in a Christian home and I've absolutely, you know, that was probably one thing. I never really felt calling to be a pastor, you know, because I grew up and I was a musician growing up. That's that that was my passion was to be a, like a music director in a church. Oh, wow. Uh, kind of plug, you know, plugging into that. Oh, I love it. You know, that's probably the one area where I can never, you know, is always a thrill for me to sing is in church. Singing in church never ceases to be a, a thrill for me. I, I absolutely love it. And so that's kind of what I was shooting for. And so as I was plugging into the military, I got a little bit outside my comfort zone and it was a little bit of a, you know, it was a little bit of a shell shock uh, when I got into basic training and was kind of learning about people different from myself. But the more I kind of, you know, got outside myself and got to know these people and actually, you know, uh, listen to them, I found out how much like them I was like. And so I wanted to have an impact on these people. And I felt, and I loved what chaplains were doing and getting to know them and talking with them a little bit. And so I'm like, you know, maybe this is something I can do. And so I would talk to chaplains and see how I could, you know, possibly direct commission or something like that. This was around, I think, 2010, 2011. And I remember I was dating a girl at the time who later would become my wife. <laughs> <laughs> And as we were talking, as I was talking to her and sharing this, you know, this goal that I had with her, she, I mean, I mean, it, it wasn't the fact that she didn't like the fact that I wanted to do it, but her family upbringing at the, uh, her family background was she moved around a lot. I mean, to the point where when she was 12 years old, she had already moved 18 times. And after she told me that, that was kind of like my, that was kind of my wake up moment. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I don't that may this probably is not going to be the best option for us if we're going if we're going to be serious about this relationship. So, yeah, that was kind of a dream I that I kind of had to, you know, put to bed, but again, you know, it opened up doors for this one and so I can I and so it's been I can't say it was a bad a bad move. <laughs> right, absolutely. And that just opens up a whole other can of worms where we could start talking about you know, uh, unfortunately, Dave Ramsey can be guilty of this, too, when he talks to military families on the radio, which is, oh, you're mm-hmm. going to get reimbursed for that move. But you never truly, really yeah. ever get completely reimbursed no. for that PCS yeah. move or, or whatever the circumstances are. So, you know, yeah, you're getting mileage and yeah, you're getting your household goods moved for you, you know, and then you go through the whole trauma of uh, I was just talking to some girl locally and mm-hmm. they have no kitchen glasses. Like, like oh. all of their gla- like wow. it's gone, like just gone. So like every coffee cup, every glass, she's yep. got like two kids running out. She has nothing to, you know, and it's just, I know it sounds silly, but it's just that box is never coming back. And now she needs to go out nope. and buy new ones, you know? And, and so you're, yeah. Is it not, yep. you're just never completely fully reimbursed. And that also, you know, causes issues with spending and, and that budgeting and things like that with the military. Absolutely. So, yeah. So Matt, I created this show to help people realize that while we all make financial mistakes, which we've already alluded to some of ours, <laughs> we can also learn from the experience of others. So what yeah. is the dumbest thing you've ever done with money? Well, and this is why I talk about this all the time on my videos that I post on my Facebook page. And that is, I got a degree that was not marketable. I was, no, I was one of those, I was one of those young kids that I thought that, 
you know, music was going to be my life. And so I studied it in college without really any plan, just thinking that, oh, someone will, someone will like me because after all, every musician is, you know, there's always, you know, hope for every musician or there's always a job out there. Well, yeah, which may be true, but it's only if you make, only if you make them money is if they like you. And I, again, this is me being young and dumb. But, and my dad constantly, you know, when I was in college was telling me, Matt, do you have a plan for this? Do you have a plan for this? You know, Matt, you might be, you might do better if you go this route, because this is something that people are knocking on doors asking for this over here. Are you sure? And I'm like, no, dad, I love music. I love music. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. Because again, after all, I'm in college, I'm smart. And yeah, so that was about all in all, 11 years of my life that I poured into that and got absolutely not, not a huge return on investment. Now, I will say this. I use, that, I use my skill set in church every week when I go and minister in my church. And so I'm thankful, for, I'm thankful that I can use it there. But from a financial standpoint, just not really, their doors really didn't open up there. And so long story short, when I was in graduate school, because I even did the stupider thing and decided to get a master's in the dumb thing. (laughs) So I was working on campus to paying for grad, you know, to pay for grad school while drawing, what was it that, what is that military thing? There's the Nobi and the, like the GI Bill. Yeah. Thank you. I couldn't think of it offhand, but yeah, I was drawing GI Bill and even the kicker bonus. And even after all that, I was still taking out student loans, not just for graduate, but for undergraduate education. So between my wife and I, we had about 50000 in student loans. And then I, and so after flunking out of graduate school and having to learn from the school of hard knocks, I had to find a job. And so I worked, and I worked jobs that I absolutely hated for the first three years of my life. I worked in a warehouse. I was working in a fast food restaurant, like unskilled labor type stuff. Oh, and that was just, it was miserable. But, you know, we had gone through Financial Peace University. We were learning the, st- we were learning the baby steps and we were just, and we both look, looked at each other like, if we're going to, if this is uh, going to be our lives, you know, we're going to have to go all in on this. And so, and the big reason that I wanted to go through with this was, you know, other conversations that my wife and I had while we were dating is she was talking about another thing where her parents at one time, and I'm not trying to, and I don't want to shame her parents by saying this because I love them both very much. (laughs) But at one point in their life, they had to file bankruptcy because of their problems with money. And when she told me that, that was my, you know, my scared moment. And so it was just like, I don't care what I have to do. I just don't want to end up there. And so I, I was willing to work that job, even though I would come home just absolutely frustrated that my boss was chewing me out again. And so, yeah, it's an endure. It was an endurance, but you know, again, you know, I was a, you know, we were, you know, we were focused, we were intense and we just, and we were just determined that we were not going to let these things hang around like a pet, as Dave says. (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. For those who've not heard Dave say that, he says student loans that you have so long, you think they're a pet. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, so how absolutely. long did it take you to evict the student loans, Matt? Three years. And okay. that was nice. And, and that was only making $40,000 a year. Wow. Yep. That That's amazing. Yep. That's amazing. That is really inspirational for people who are, you know, I've got some clients who have double that in student loans, but they're also making mm. double 40,000. 
or maybe yeah. even more. So mm-hmm. it's not impossible, right? It's, no, it's absolutely of, not. Yeah. So if you could go back and change your decision, mm-hmm. where would you have kind of drawn that line? Would it have been back in undergrad? Would you not, you know, would you still have done undergrad or would you just not have done graduate school? Where would you have made that? Where would you have said, okay, this isn't going to work? Well, I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think back to 2003. I probably, I mean, I probably still would have gone to college, but I probably would have waited. I may, I think I rushed into it a little bit too fast. I probably would have worked a little bit, got a little bit more life experience, found out what I wanted to do first, instead of just following this, you know, following this passion. And thankfully, you know, I remember Mike Rowe did a Prager University video and I, so thankful that he said this, you know, talking about stop following this, your passion and really start looking out and seeing opportunity. And you can't really, and you can't really see opportunity unless you get out into the, into the world and start plugging in and getting active. So that's what I would have done first is get out and, you know, you know, get working and get active first and learning life. And then, you know, now that I've discovered I love personal finance, I probably would have like studied something more along the line of financial management or business or counseling or something along that line to that would have actually, you know, you know, directed me toward my uh, career goals. Yeah, I think the year, I think for whatever, re- I mean, love micro, love micro. My husband's yeah. working, working through one of his books right now. Oh my gosh, he's so great. Yeah. The I feel like the Europeans, it's much more normalized over there for the kids yes, to take absolutely. a year or two off. Because yep. I was 17 when I got to college. I didn't turn 18 for like the first two months. Like I wow. was like the youngest person there. And you're putting, and I changed my major so late that I ended up having to do extra credits both semesters of my senior year. And it was miserable. Man. But you know what? I'm glad yep. I changed it at the end of junior year. And that I didn't just stick with what I thought I wanted to do when I was 17 and a freshman. Yeah. At least mm-hmm. at 20 junior year, I felt like I had a little bit more like, okay, I really don't want to do that, which is what I thought I wanted to do three yeah. years ago. Absolutely. So yeah, did the last year and a half of college absolutely stink? Yeah, it did. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't like the exciting, you know, you know, senioritis type thing that some people get to do before oh, going yeah. into the real world. But yeah, I think I think we put way too much pressure on 17 and 18 year olds absolutely. to say, yeah. Oh, I'm an adult. I know exactly what I want to do with my life. I mean, there are 50 yeah. year olds who don't know what they want to do with their lives when they grow up. And, and you may not necessarily want to get into what your passion is. It right. might not be the right move for you. And I'll even echo what Charlie Kirk says. And I even posted this on my page because he asked, you know, uh, high school seniors, two questions. Number one, does the career field that you are interested in, does it require a college degree? Right. Do you, you know, does it require that? And number two, if it does, do you necessarily need to go to college right away? You know, maybe you need, maybe again, like I was saying earlier, maybe you want to get out and learn, you know, how, you know, how your paycheck works, how, you know, those deductions from your paychecks, what do those mean? And all those different things, learn about life and and those things first. Then, then when you're ready, you can go ahead and plug, uh, plug into your career a little bit more. Yeah. And so I think one of the biggest shocks for young people is the amount that comes out in taxes. mm, I have a younger We'll just call them a a friend and they went and got their first paid, you know, on the books job. 
and the fully on the books job previous jobs had you know involved tips and things like that oh yeah and i warned them that they were going to be pretty disappointed when they saw Mm -hmm. that what that what was actually getting deposited and sure enough they actually left and went back to that field Mm -hmm. where it's less of a taxable paycheck, but more yep. of a tip industry. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and now you so learn you know why. What? You- maybe, maybe that'll be your life for the first 10 years of your career. And, and yeah, and you can get into something else or you can grow into it or whatever it is, but it doesn't necessarily mean just cause you didn't, you know, just cause you didn't go into a job where they're taking 35% of your money in taxes right off the bat. Doesn't yeah, mean that absolutely. you're a bad person. No, no. And I think one thing these young people have to realize is it's not a forever thing. You know, it's, it's not like, you know, yeah, I worked jobs that I hated, you know, now I'm transitioning to work that I love now, (laughs) but it's not that it's a forever thing. It's just temporary for a period of time so that you can put yourself in until you put yourself in position to where now you're doing what you love and you can reap the rewards and benefits from that. Oh, that's so great, Matt. I want to leave it right there because that is so true. I, I, that's perfect. It's just perfect. I hope that yep. many young people listen to this particular video because this was a real. I, this should be a big no, wake ab- up call. Absolutely, high school and and even who are already in college and and could still change their trajectory at this point. Absolutely, yep. yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Matt. It's been great having you. Thanks again to our guests for their honesty and for sharing their financial blunders with us. Join me again next week for another episode of Lessons Learned Podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. Make sure to subscribe to the Grace Financial Coaching YouTube channel and please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts.